Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. Well, good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast. Uh, We are hanging out here at our makeshift studio at uh, Storehouse McAllen. Uh, I'm here with Eric. Hi. And Elsie. Hello. And Schwantanamo Bay in the background. Hello. Say something, man. What am I supposed to say? Don't you have a mic? Uh, oh, well. Everett said something. You guys probably didn't yeah, hear it. You just can't hear him. How He's are you here, guys? Though. Yeah. How are you guys doing this morning? Sorry, guys. Good. We're doing well. Cool. I've got my sweater on. It's usually freezing in this office. And my brother in law let me use his. What, what what kind of sweater would you call this? I want to call it a Bill Cosby sweater, but I don't like that guy's name anymore because of the associations. That's all I can so, think about. Yeah, a, a my pullover sweater. This grandpa sweater. Grandpa sweater. Yeah, it's really it's very nice. full. Grandpa sweaters are legit. Yeah, I have two. Yeah, mm-hmm. three. I'm I'm ready. Old man status. Oh yeah. Do so, it. I mean, I rock. Yeah, I get it. I get that because I, yeah. I technically <laughs> I'm rocking that. Yeah. <laughs> I just need elbow pads on this one. Leather, yeah, yeah. The leather elbow pads. Leather elbow pads. I've got pads, corduroy yes. pads. Man, grandpa, I got a corduroy like like jacket, like a sports coat, oh, really? blazer kind of thing. Yeah, like I wear it for Christmas Eve service. What color is it? It's is brown. it like burgundy? Yeah, burgundy. Okay, yeah, it smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wear it like once a year for Christmas special events. Yeah, for Advent. That's when I wear it. Oh, nice. No, just Christmas Eve. Just Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> like every Advent Sunday. <laughs> yeah, every Advent. Every single Sunday in Advent, I'm going to wear. Every lighting of the jacket. candle is. <laughs> we are not lighting candles. We're, We're not, not lighting candles, are we? We're not allowed to have open flames in this building, are we? I don't know. We can check in on that. I'm just saying, I've never seen that done well. Really? Yeah. It, so oh, the candle always blows out. Yeah. Or yeah. Somebody drops the flame and like things catch fire. <laughs> yeah, the there's that. That's, the t- a, the chairs that's and... a real thing. Well, the other thing is, I think um, it's embarrassing when someone's up there trying to light a candle and the Click. lighter isn't Click. working. Click. Click. Yeah. And um, that's distracting. Yeah, I can make sense of that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't like the candles. Fair. Just because yeah. I, the way it's been done. Yeah. Not because I don't think it would be good or cool for Advent or even appropriate. Yeah, I, I, the way it's been done has been done, unfortunately, poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or especially if the candles are in front of the preacher, and mm-hmm. the preacher's like moving, and the candles just they go like they got it on time, and then he had to he had to move to the right a little bit. Oh, what's his? Is it Bruce Lee who like puts out the the candle just by like moving his arm? He's not even touching it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys that like that. It's like a martial arts thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this other martial artist. um, His name is Benny the Jet. Mm -hmm. And he comes out in a movie with Jackie Chan. And it's a really great fight scene. It's it's from the early 80s, I think. Uh And it's a really great fight scene. And there's like a row of candles. And Benny the Jet is known for for his kicks. Oh, yeah. And specifically his speed. But his kicks, the speed that his kicks can contain. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a row of candles, and Benny the just like, 
like that, blows them all out that's just really cool. how fast and how strong his kick is um when you yeah say man Benny the jet i think of sandlot i know Benny, Benny the, jet. the jet rodriguez rodriguez yeah anyway how are you doing elsie <laughs> <laughs> doing all right doing all right getting better that's cool yeah man good just hanging out just hanging chilling chilling yeah because it's so cold in this office right so to our listeners there are some people having a class in the room next to our office they're mm-hmm. having a grand old time they're having a grand old time you might hear they're kenching um that's an antiquated word marco would you like to define it for our audience means to laugh loudly as elsie pointed out earlier it is the original lol and so um (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so you might hear their kenching uh so (laughs) this morning we're going to continue in our series on the five solas of the reformation and so last week we talked about sola scriptura which is uh scripture alone uh that scripture is our ultimate and final authority Today we're going to be talking about sola gratia and sola fide, both of which translate into grace alone and faith alone. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk a, a great deal about grace in the first part of it, and then we're gonna talk about a great deal about faith. And so uh, I think it's important for us to to define what grace is, and then unpack. Um, unpack grace as it pertains to salvation and godly living. I think that's going to be really important, right? And so the way we would define grace is unmerited favor from God towards sinners. Now, now that alone, we would also add that that grace is a gift mm-hmm. from God, right? That's that unmerited favor, an unmerited gift from God toward sinners when it comes to grace sometimes as christians we can put it in a box yeah right how do you think you've done that before how do you think some christians put grace in a box like what how would you explain that practically i think uh one of the things nathaniel preached about recently it's like grace is offered to everyone except for me. Mm. And I think, I think hearing that I was like, Oh boy, I'm guilty of that sin too, man. I was like, trying not Mm -hmm. to cry. I was like, you saying that out loud opens the box. Right. It seems. Um, but yeah, I I feel like I've maybe just my feelings or I have noticed that that box has been there. It's like grace is, I can, I can give it, but experience it seems like this weird guilty thing that I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But like accepting the gift or just knowing that the gift was given to me, like there was actual favor shown towards me. And that um, is, I don't know if it was rejected or just didn't want to walk in that. So the box was like everyone else except for me Mm -hmm. was included in there. Yeah. What about you, Elsie? What, what, what is a way in which we tend to put grace in a box? I was kind of going to go off the same thing of Eric. It's like that you, I believe that there's grace and it's a gift. And then the way I box it is like, well, it can't really like redeem all of me. 
mm. there's these parts or like the certain sin, it could probably be, you know, it can completely transform that person, this person, everyone else. But that part over here in the back or in the attic, like that's no yeah. way. Like right. how could, how could you cover that too, God? Yeah. And yeah. kind of like that box was opened and you kind of, it's like you, you're facing it and you wrestle with like going back to it, but you're now you can't move because it's right in front of you. And that's right, what yeah. you have to like really submit to God and believe like, yeah, all of you is um, covered um, and all of his grace transforms all of all your being. Yeah. And, and he and it's like you disbelieve like the the newness he has for you, mm-hmm. I think. And that's the way we box it in. Like that's like an element of not believing. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to keep going. I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> um, I, I think I was trying to think of another thing. No. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think often when I think about grace, I think that it's going to run out. Oh, that's you. Dang. Well, yeah. I yeah. think I think that God's loving unmerited favor mm. toward me is going to run out at some point. He's going to press the eject button be like, you've had enough of this and nothing has happened. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> um, and so it's, so anyway, with that being said, I want us to talk further about that because I think that's really important. Yeah. Right. Because what we believe about grace says what we believe about sin and yeah. what we believe about sin says what we believe about grace. Yeah. And so that's that. Those are going to be things that we're going to talk about in in, in just a minute. And, and so lack of knowledge about God, or understanding of His character, doesn't like if we if we're lacking it, it doesn't speak into that. Mm-hmm. So it just like it's this vicious cycle mm-hmm. that needs to be interrupted with like mm-hmm. a revelation of God's character. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I feel like the light bulb just went off. It sounds like it, but it was good though. <laughs> that's a good light bulb. Right, it's the expensive kind, the one from Lowe's. <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> the smart bulb LED. The smart bulb LED. Um, I think about so so here here's a couple of things that I that I think it's important for for us to 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 realize about grace, and so I want us to look at um, grace as it pertains to um, our status outside of Christ. Right. That outside of Christ, we are totally depraved. Mm-hmm. Right. And by that, we mean every part of us has been affected by sin. Right. And we can do social good. We could even do moral good. But as far as pleasing God, we can't do spiritual good. And apart from the grace of God through the Holy Spirit, um, that it is the, I should say it this way. It is the grace of God through the Holy Spirit that actually enables us to respond to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> why that's important for us, particularly in salvation, is because one, it brings glory to God uh, and glory to God alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Number two, that's foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number two, it teaches us that um, grace is not only um, Christ dying on the cross for sinners, and then that's it, but that that grace is actually um, through the sacrifice of Christ, He continues to intercede for us today by name. Yeah, like okay. like 
the vehicle of grace carries implications yeah. throughout our life. It's like a domino effect. Yes. Yeah. Not just in this moment when we are saved, mm-hmm. but as we are being saved, as we are growing in our sanctification, right? God, by his grace is interceding for us as we speak word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's really important because we need to realize, Hey, grace is actually, it's not a helping hand. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not good advice. Yeah. It is the gift of God that brought you from spiritual death to spiritual life. It's bigger than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to hear what you guys think about this. This is Carl Truman, uh, talking about, about grace. Here's what he says. Grace is God's response to the fall, and it must always be understood in that context. This means that one's understanding of sin inevitably shapes one's understanding of grace, and one's understanding of grace will reveal what one thinks about sin. Hmm. When we fully appreciate the destructive and pervasive effects of the fall, we more clearly recognize the need for grace to address our fundamental problem. What do you guys think about that? Especially the connection of, man, if the better we understand grace, the better we understand. Like what we believe about grace will tell us what we think about sin. Yeah. And what we believe about sin affects how we think about grace. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? Oh man, I'm spinning in circles because of like God's command. It's like, don't eat of this tree. The day you surely, the day you do, you'll surely die. Yeah. Like there's, like when I I hear response to the fall, I think responding to the disobedience after everything after that. It's like the amount of grace God gave, even in giving that command, knowing what was going to happen and having everything planned out for like after that fact makes me realize like, it's, it's even bigger um, yeah. than I than I realized. Dang. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when when I think of the grace and the command and instruction, are are shortcomings and not in not following through with that instruction and God's response to that, it's just like the, the realizing the saturation of grace that's mm-hmm. there in God's like affection and love towards us. Yeah. Um, and what he desires for us, like the, you, you see God's desire in his response. It's like, I I want you to be with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to be taken care of. And I know in my presence is where that will happen. Yeah. So that's, that's my thought. Yeah. I think, I think when we go back to Genesis three, right, we see God's response to, to Adam and Eve's sin, right? And what's fascinating about that is that he gives Adam and Eve the opportunity to repent. Yeah. He doesn't give it to the serpent. Yeah. And so he gives them an opportunity to repent, right? In that same moment, he proclaims that he's not going to leave them there, that a savior is coming. Yeah. And then I think that's verses, uh, verse 15 in chapter three. And then in verse 21, which is just six verses after it says that God clothed them in skins and loins. Mm -hmm. So he sacrifices an animal and covers their shame with his grace. Yeah. Which is a foreshadowing 
of what is to happen through Christ. Yeah. Like covering the shame would also remove, mean removing like those fig leaves that they attempted yes. to cover themselves with. Yes. So it's like taking off the old and putting on the new. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think what is important about grace and, and why we must protect what it really is, is because it speaks more to who God is in his glory mm-hmm. than our own merit. You know, our own merit is, is, um, provided for us in Genesis three, we sin and then we try to cover up our tracks. We hide from God and we are separated from one another. Yeah. Right. And therefore it is God who initiates the, the conversation with, with Adam. Mm -hmm. It is God who Mm -hmm. provides the opportunity to repent. It is God who sacrifices and clothes them in forgiveness and grace. Yeah. And so I think it's really important for us to, to understand that, yeah, grace is unmerited favor from God towards sinners that has implications for us, right? Paul, Paul says it in in Romans six, should we continue to sin so that grace may abound by no means. In other words, the implications of this gift to the sinner mean that not only is our nature or not only is our heart changed, but so is our nature in our daily living. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like a, it's like tapping into that grace and like allowing it to, to affect mm-hmm. more than just, um, like what happened in the past, but like what's going to happen in the future as well. Yeah. So when you were talking about grace, like feeling like grace will run out. Yeah. And I was like, well, the character of God, like God is everlasting. He's infinite. And if his personality and character is intimately tied into his grace, therefore his grace is everlasting and infinite. Um, So like for the future, it also like you can, you can rest assured, like the next step you take, God's grace will be available for you. Yeah. And like all of the things in the past, God grace has been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to remind myself yeah. of that. Yeah, because because sometimes it just it it's hard. Yeah, yeah, I you hear know? you, man. And um, but yeah, I, I think I think one of the things that in light of everything that we're talking about concerning grace, I think many times Christians presume that that grace is occasional. It huh. is present in our in our justification. It is present when we royally screw up. It is present when we get a new job, a new car, get married, right? get a promotion, right? Like it's present occasionally, hmm. but the truth of, of grace, because it is, because it has implications mean and suggest that, that God's grace is being poured out abundantly to us yeah. regularly. That that includes when you screw up and when you get the promotion and when nothing exciting happens. exciting yeah. happens, mm-hmm. like just waking up in the morning. Yeah, it's God's grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so again, like the more I think we meditate on God's grace, I think, and this is what what Truman is trying to tell us. I think, I think the more we meditate on God's grace the more we will realize the ugliness of sin, mm-hmm. right? 
And then the more we meditate or think about and what sin really is, the more of an appreciation yeah. we will have for grace. Yeah. Yeah, because it it's humbling you and it's you're more in this posture of gratitude mm-hmm. with that understanding. Yes. As opposed to like more pride or <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think if, if you don't have an understanding of, of the, the depth of sin or even our depravity apart from a savior, right. Then we're going to minimize sin. Mm-hmm. We're going to legitimize it. Mm-hmm. We're going to blame shift, right. We're, we're going to have some sort of accepting embrace of sin rather than having a fundamental understanding of of what God's grace is for sinners who are completely depraved man that illuminates our understanding of sin it's like i don't like it leads yeah. me to hate sin yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like how like how do we move from the well i'm just made this way or i'm that's just my personality to mm-hmm. like god rid me of this like i don't want to know myself more like just go in circles in my head all the time. I want to know you. I want, I need you mm-hmm. to fill me completely with your spirit. And yeah, cause I can't do it on my own. I think that speaks to what you said just now. Like the, the, I don't want to say the bridge, but, but kind of what, what a connecting, what Truman is saying, sin and, and grace, what's connecting is humility. Mm-hmm. And in, in that humility, I think it's exactly what you said. Like, having an understanding of what sin is and what grace is as a gift from God towards us, like it, it, um, it enables us to, I think, be honest about, Oh, what what did you just say? You, you, you were talking about how we tend to make excuses for this is how I think this is just the way I am. This is just how, how, how I was it is. Yeah. Like- how it is. And like, like, understanding grace forces it forces you to go back to the pages of scripture yes right to see this is actually who you are outside of christ right and through the gift of grace this is who he has made you to be mm-hmm. he's restoring all things and that includes you like he's in the business of restoration mm-hmm. yeah right like who you once were uh was was not good right like <laughs> <laughs> You tried and it did not go well. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, yeah, it's, it's important for us to understand the, the, the abundance of God's grace and the depth and depravity of sin, particularly in salvation. Like that now blows salvation up in the sense of like, it's not just this occasion that was like, oh yeah, it was, it was convenience. It's good. You know, Jesus died for me. It's like, no, no, no. If, if salvation is merely a convenience, then we have a fundamental uh, lacking of our understanding of our heart condition mm-hmm. and, and, and the sin we find ourselves in and God's grace, which means we, we actually um, minimizing that salvation. Like, like, yeah, exactly. We minimize our sin. We minimize salvation. We, we minimize the Christian life. Mm-hmm. The importance of Christ at that point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Whoa. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, exactly. And so, so then, okay, now we have like this big 50,000 foot view of, of what grace is. Now let's transition that into the following doctrine, which is sola fide. Sola fide is, is faith alone. And, 
sola fide, the other way of talking about it is the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. In other words, God accepts us on the condition of faith alone and not merit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so let's begin to, to, to bridge, uh, or not bridge, but, but connect the two. Yeah. Connect grace and, and faith. I see, I see like the, to be able to have faith is a gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like he goes back to God's grace yet again. Yeah. And like him actually speaking to us so that we may have faith. Mm-hmm. It's like, how are they going to know if like nobody speaks? Yeah. And I think of like God's grace and giving the command, watching me fail and responding in that and speaking again to me. It's like, yeah, you failed. I've given you Christ to save you. Yeah. It's like, well, and he says it again and again and again. Yeah. And the, I think the, the grace and the amount of times he speaks the same things in the scriptures, it, it, it implants in you that seed, that yeah. faith. And I, yeah, I think there's, there's the connection for me. It's like, you wouldn't have the faith if it wasn't for God's grace speaking to you. Um, and the faith is, right. yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have faith if it, if it wasn't for the gift of grace, you wouldn't have the gift of faith if it wasn't for the gift of grace <laughs> that enabled you to respond to, uh, God himself or yeah. to the gospel. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so now as a result, right? Like justification by faith alone, we talked a little bit last week about, about Rome's position on some of these mm-hmm. doctrines. This is one of, if not the core doctrine that really does separate, uh, Protestants from, from the Roman Catholic tradition in the sense that the Roman Catholic tradition would subscribe to justification by faith plus mm-hmm. works. Right. Right. That, that, that there is some, that we can be meritorious in, in, in our salvation and what, what we believe regarding the doctrine of justification by faith alone is that what what you just said, right? That the gift of faith is made possible through the gift of grace. Mm-hmm. Our works then are now a response, evidence of of that gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think uh, at that point, like some people are like, "Oh, you're just speaking semantics." It's yeah. like, well, actually, semantics matter at this point yes. because of the origins of exactly where this gift comes from. And who the glory is due to at that point. That's what, and I mm-hmm. think that's what we're going to talk about that l- in, later in the series. But that's what we're protecting. Yeah. We're protecting yeah. God's glory so that He alone receives it. Right, right. And it's a grace that we're able to do that. Exactly, exactly. Which <laughs> He exactly. gives, and only He can give that. Right, exactly. So we're like, it, it, it's full. Sh- and, and it's I think, a miracle. Yeah, and I think one of the things we would even say is like, oh, well, that's a circular argument. Like, yep. Yeah. It is, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> it really is that easy. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, and so in light of that, like, yeah, I think R.C. Sproul says it really well. He says, Hey, I want you to know that we are saved by works. Yeah. If you want to say that, go ahead. We are saved by works. It's just not yours. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. Hot fire. He, he even says it elsewhere. He says, we will walk into heaven as, as, as Christians, we will walk into the heaven with the robe of righteousness that was provided to us by another. Yeah. 
you know yeah. like he he has these little like little things like yeah we are saved by by works just not yours yeah like you are gonna walk into the presence of god with a robe of righteousness it's just not your robe yeah it's gonna say jesus's work not yeah mine. <laughs> literally yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so and i and i think that the the doctrine of justification by faith alone what it is principally talking about is our like justification is a legal term that's mm-hmm. a that's a term used in court it, it it refers to our legal standing before god and and in light of talking a little bit about sola gratia we realize our our standing mm-hmm. before god outside of god's grace is one of condemnation and wrath mm-hmm. not that he imposed upon us that we impose upon ourselves right and by his grace through faith, which are both gifts given to us from him, right? We are justified. In other words, we are made righteous. We are now counted uh, as uh, legally standing before God because of the works done by uh, Christ for mm-hmm. us. Like we are considered just just because holy. of what jesus yeah. has done made holy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that leads into another doctrine called the doctrine of double imputation double that imputation. that on the cross right our sin is imputed onto christ and his righteousness is then imputed onto us it's a great exchange it's a great exchange yeah Right. One of the ways we, we've said it here, even on Sundays, is the credit of Christ paid our debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He cashed, what did he, he wrote a check and that check did not bounce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. So, again, when we're looking at, at uh, Sola Gratia and Sola Fide, like these doctrines for the Christian have some significant impacts for how we live, what we believe about sin, what we believe about grace, and the character of God in light of these gifts. Mm-hmm. And I think my fear is, one, we've, we've talked a great deal and I've loved our conversation, but my fear is that that when it comes to the gift of faith and the gift of grace, they are seen as, my concern is that the church sees them as conveniences. Hmm. Like, yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, Jesus saved me. I don't get to go to hell. Sweet. Yeah. It's like fire insurance at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so just like Sola Scriptura, how do we guard ourselves from seeing uh, the gift of grace and faith as mere conveniences? Is that like an entitlement issue? I think it could be. It's like I'm entitled to this because I like almost like a knife earned it or like that spoiled kid who always gets the the nice things right it's like no i want this one because i always get nice things right or because i want it yeah or because yeah, it, yeah. i think i think it could be that so you run the risk of of, of pride yeah mm-hmm. i think also if it's if it's an inconvenience if it's a convenience mm-hmm. i think we also play with the line of apathy like you're not caring about your sin as much as Mm -hmm. like you don't hate your sin yeah yeah well god's gonna forgive me anyway so it's whatever yeah well does it go back to like the licensing yeah is she like because i got my ticket i'm good yeah yeah absolutely 
I can still do whatever I want. Yeah, you forfeit all the scriptures that talk about like godliness. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Paul, Paul says, "Flee youthful, youthful passions, passions and pursue uh-huh. righteousness." Yeah, I guess they skip that that one. I think I think ways to combat it is like actually calling sin sin. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's like the that's a really hard thing to do if there's no actual relationship. Yeah. Um, like, cause I, like if a stranger tells you like, Hey man, like you cut me off. That was a sin against me. You're just like, who are you? Like I didn't sin against you. Right. But even like you, I, at least I have that reaction, um, towards somebody who's trying to call me out when I, my heart's not softened to that point, but I think a friend will really call it out and that reaction will be there. But the, all of the, What's it called? The relationship capital right. yeah. that comes from from that person is being able to say like, hey, you have sinned against a holy God. Yeah. Um, like hearing that from somebody who, who has invested into my life is a softening of the, like, I, I receive it differently. Right. And like it, it, it hurts a little more because it's from a friend, but like the wounds from a friend are, are faithful yeah. and, and good. And I think wounding one another in that sense so that God may heal or like pointing out right. where the wounds are, um, are. So I would, I would agree. I have a question though. Yeah. Like, so for instance, let's say a stranger, whatever the context is, a stranger tells you, Hey, you've sinned against me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't affect you as if uh, someone else, mm-hmm. you know, told you that. Does that make the, that doesn't necessarily make their claim untrue. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so is it more about it's, you? It's a hard point? issue. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think, but like to really get to the heart, like they're like speaking the truth. God will use these things. Yes. Um, because he's sovereign. He, he does what he wills. Like he's not a respecter of persons. And I think he uses like these intimate relationships or not even intimate, but like uh, genuine relationships, these interactions um, where you can see the investment like there has there doesn't have to be. It seems as if it's better received. Sure. um, By by having that capital. No, I. Yeah, that part. I totally agree. I think I think the part that I would want us to be careful of, like scripture teaches that we are to walk in humility. Right. Right. Um, and walking in humility isn't only um, walking in humility isn't only prescribed to the context of Christian community. Right. You know right. what I mean? And so the reason I say it that way yeah. is because. Um, a stranger could, could call me, a non-Christian could call me out and, 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 uh, and be, be right. Correct. Yeah. They can make some truth claims. Yeah. You know, um, in how I respond to that is going to say a great deal about what I believe about the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And so the reason I say that is because sometimes we can, um, sometimes we can talk about being rebuked or called out like uh approach aside sometimes we can talk about being rebuked or called out or reproved only in the context of christian community yeah and when it's outside of the context of christian community it means less than oh yeah i'm glad you said that you know what i mean that's really good that's really important because in all things like we should be reliant on the holy spirit yeah and then because through the holy spirit we're dependent 
we realize and understand we're dependent on his grace. We're dependent on faith through God. And we're not always going to be right. And that's why we're depending on him. And so whether if it's with um, Christians, non-Christians, whoever we encounter, that's a very um, good opportunity for us to pause and and ask um holy spirit am i relying on you right now yeah, yeah that's um, good. not so that's why i reacted that way yep. yeah yeah but that's why it's i'm considering this less than yeah and it's gonna probably yeah. take those other people in your life to yeah that out and call you out yeah that's true and that's probably like after the fact yeah <laughs> too, yeah, yeah, right? yeah like yeah. i think like i'm thinking of uh oh my gosh the donkey who the Lord spoke through the yeah. donkey. Yeah. So like yeah. you didn't listen to any of these guys. So I had to speak through a donkey. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes that, that could be the challenge with, uh, with church and Christian community. Yeah. Like, man, I'm, I can only ever be rebuked, called yeah. out in this context. <laughs> um, and, and the truth is like, no man, like yeah. non-Christians know a thing or two. And, yeah. If you're being a jerk or if you yeah. really sinned against them and they call you out, yeah, like the, then it's good that they called you out. Actually, they called yeah. you out. Now, how you respond is now gonna now it's it's gonna preach about what you believe. Yeah, humility at that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, that's, that's why I was saying I agree with you in the sense of like it might yeah. affect me more if if my wife tells me something. Yeah, it might, it might drive me more. Right. You know and what I mean? Like there there is that relationships, relationship. Yeah. Exactly. There is that relationship capital. But what if and my boss, neglect, yeah. what if my boss who's a non-Christian tells me, hey, the way you spoke to your employees, like was really harsh and rough and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Like what? Because he's a non-Christian. I'm, I'm going to be like, who are you to talk to me about right, my heart? Right, right. You know, <laughs> you're influenced by the culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And it actually says more about what we think about them. Yeah. Than I'm anything. Glad you, yeah. That's like, that's kind of where that's where, that better than better than because I know Jesus yeah. like no that's the total opposite no we that's called like, pride yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're the ones to pursue them yeah at the end of the day too yeah yeah that's really good yeah so sola fide and sola gratia like they have implications not just for the transformation of our hearts but also implications for how we live our life inside the context of yeah. Christian community. And, and outside the context of yeah. Christian community. That's good. Yeah. It's bigger than we realize. Mm-hmm. So what uh, final thoughts do you guys have on Sola Gradia and Sola Fide? I, I, I'm glad that you, you paired these two together on this episode. Because <laughs> they're so intimately the... yeah, tied into each other. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's something I, I guess I knew in the back of my head, but like yeah. seeing it here in front of us now yeah. is yeah i think i think if, uh, paul does a, a beautiful job of pairing grace and faith in ephesians Ephesians 2, two yeah it's it, by know, grace yeah faith. so uh even 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 before i think it's verse eight like yeah. the opening of, of ephesians 2 he says but you were dead in your trespasses mm-hmm. yeah. that's that total depravity that's, yeah mm-hmm. right but God made you alive in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then in verse four, he says, being rich in mercy. Right. So, so that's that gift of grace that has made us alive in Christ. And he says it, I think it's in verse five or six. He says, you have been saved by grace. And he continues to talk about what Christ has done for us. 
And then he gets to verse eight and he says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your doing. It is the gift of God so that no man can boast. Yeah. For we are his workmanship. Right. Yeah. To carry out the things that he has laid out before us. The works he has set before us before the foundations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Hey, good job, guys. Hey. Good well, job, Jesus. We hope that you guys are enjoying this, uh, the dialogue of the five solas of the Reformation. Next week, we're going to be talking about solus Christus, which is Christ alone. That salvation is only made possible. What Eric's doing. So um, <laughs> that, that salvation is only made possible through Christ alone. And so I uh, hope you guys enjoyed Sola Gratia, Sola Fide. We would encourage you to park in Ephesians 2 this week. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we will see you next week. Love you. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.